0: Welcome to Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth, the podcast of Plymouth United Church of Christ. I'm Pastor David, and on behalf of the members of this congregation, thank you very much for joining us. May God bless you through these words, and may you know God's love through them. Now, the podcast.
1: Our reading today is the story of the church from Acts 4, the next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. When they had made the prisoners stand in their midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers are the people and elders, And it has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. So that ends that reading. If you would join me in reading Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes He leads me in right paths for his name's sake.
0: Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil. You your rod and your staff me.
1: You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long.
0: Thank you, Lily. Now I'm not one that uh, I don't really ever read from the King James Version of the Bible, but for some reason Psalm 23, when it's not The old English with the these and the thous—it—it just—it strikes me as sounding a little odd, even though the other no other scripture does. But there's something about the 23rd Psalm here in modern language that—but good words, good words about God as our shepherd. And our gospel lesson is also Jesus talking about being our shepherd. Uh, And so, hear now and listen for how God is speaking to you through these words of John's gospel. And these are the words of Jesus speaking here. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock one shepherd and for this reason the father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again no one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. I am the good shepherd, says Jesus. I am the good shepherd. The hired hand runs away, but the good shepherd loves his sheep. And for whatever it's worth, we're the sheep. May not be the, uh, the greatest thing to be called or the best imagery to think of ourselves, but there it is. We are Jesus' flock. Think of ourselves as the sheep, the sheep that Jesus watches over, the sheep that Jesus cares for. Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd and he says a bit about what that looks like for Jesus to be the shepherd. He lays down his life for his sheep, certainly see that in crucifixion, Good Friday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and then resurrection on Easter. He defends against the wolf. He knows his own. Jesus knows who we are, knows us as individuals, calls us by name. Mentioned that a few times in the last couple of weeks because on Easter morning when Mary Magdalene was at the tomb, she didn't recognize the risen Jesus until he said her name, Mary. And then she knew who he was. The shepherd knows his own, the shepherd watches over his sheep. That's what a shepherd does. And we get that in the 23rd Psalm. Lots of imagery about what a shepherd does. Uh, these are words of a god who does not abandon or leave us alone you can uh, follow along in the in the psalm if you want here but uh, some of the things it says he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters these are safe good places he restores my soul leads me on right paths I I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table for me, even in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me with oil. My cup overflows. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. It's a poetic love letter to God this 23rd Psalm. Think of it as a poetic love letter to God, saying this is who you are, God, as our shepherd. This, this is who you are. And it was probably, uh, possibly written by David, more than likely written by someone who was not in the midst of the happiest time of life. But I have a feeling, and, and seems like this was written in the midst of turmoil, this psalm. Written in the, in the midst of turmoil, maybe the writer trying to convince himself of these things. Remember, this is what God is like. Don't despair, don't fear. This is what God is like, writing maybe to give himself some hope. And to say to himself, this bad stuff going on around you, that's not God. The turmoil is not of God. God is the one who wants to bring you out of that mess. God is the shepherd that wants to lead you out of that mess. Or if not, lead you out. Because we don't always get let out of our messes. But God is at least the one who is with us. Who is with us in the the mess. Journeying with us. This is the God who wants to be with you in the difficult times of life. And the God who is with us all in the difficult times of life. And we've been talking about some of the difficult times, some of the roadblocks in life, the stones that are in front of our paths that block us from following Jesus as we might like or having the full life that God wants for us, or the stones that block our ability to leave the tombs that we find ourselves in. We've been talking about those for the last few weeks. We talked about self-doubt, the way we sabotage ourselves thinking we're not worthy or creative enough or not capable, forgetting that we're worthy, forgetting that we are loved. Last week we talked about that desire we may have to, to want to run away or ignore the problems, the difficult decisions in life. Instead of facing them, forgetting that Jesus is with us, as we face those difficult situations and that we're capable of going through difficult things because Jesus is with us, the Holy Spirit is with us. And then today the the stone, the roadblock to talk about is I think a, a corollary to running away. Sometimes we may run away because of fear. We fear that we can't get through it or fear facing it. There's some fear in there and a corollary to that is it's also thinking that we're on our own that we have to be self-reliant forgetting that God is our shepherd forgetting that God is with us that I think is also a roadblock thinking we have to do it on our own forgetting that God's with us forgetting we have a flock around us you know there's certainly a, a lot of social and cultural pressure I like think part of Western civilization is this pressure that we shouldn't ask for help. That maybe asking for help is, uh, can be shameful. That we're supposed to be strong and independent and self-made and self-reliant. Now that's a roadblock. Forgetting that we're part of being a flock. Getting ourselves into this tomb of thinking that we're alone or that we ought to be alone that we ought to do everything by ourselves that we have to be strong enough to do everything alone or creative enough or powerful enough or whatever it is that we think we ought to be so that we never have to ask for help or trust that God is with us and I see two things in that one is simply forgetting that God is with us which is very easy to do I think I fall into that forgetting that God is with us forgetting that we have a shepherd the other thing is is forgetting that we're part of a flock we are part of a flock certainly in the church but also whatever flocks we put around us our friends our family we forget that we're part of God's flock we have fellow sheep that we can rely on we're all in this together you know, forgetting about God As I said, that's a trap that is easy to fall into and I fall into it. And it may sound weird for the pastor who one would think that the pastor in the vocation that I'm in, I ought to be the one who's always magically automatically connected to God's presence all the time. But not always. Not always. I sometimes get into the sense of being alone. I forget about God's presence and that God is here to help. And so it can easily get into thinking, it's all up to me. It's all up to me. I need to do this. I have to do this. I need to figure this out. I need to deliver whatever it is. Again, it's all all up to me. And to not have that feeling of remembering the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He'll help me do this. It's not up to me alone. It's not up to us alone. God will help. The Holy Spirit is with us. Look to see where the shepherd is going and then follow. We don't have to blaze the path for ourselves all the time. We can follow. Don't be afraid to ask God for help. Don't forget that God is available that God is present. Don't forget God is your shepherd. And the other one of the uh, of forgetting that we're part of God's flock. It's also easy to forget that we have people in our lives that want to help, that are willing to help if we would only ask. We're thinking that we're not allowed to ask, that there's something wrong with asking or trusting our fellow flock members. And we do very much, we love to celebrate leadership, and that's worth celebrating. Absolutely, leadership is, is worth celebrating. I think we go too far sometimes of celebrating only the leaders, you know, we're especially enamored of the stoic leaders, the cowboy kind, the renegade kind, the self-made inventor industrialists, the single-focused men or women who who just do whatever they want regardless of people's feelings or the criticisms against them, uh, uh, the go-it-alone giants. They get a lot of attention. And a lot of praise. But followership is also worth celebrating. And communal work also worth celebrating. You know, the Lord is our shepherd. We are the sheep. We are his flock. We're not alone. We are not separate from one another. We're not separate from Jesus. We are not alone. We're a community whether it be the church, or the city, or whatever group you're involved with, we're a community, we have each other. We saw that at the thrift sale yesterday and in this last week. This flock, Plymouth, coming together, working together for a greater good, to do something on behalf of all of us. Yeah, we're, we're not, or, or I should say we are, I put a double negative in here, and now I just confuse myself. We are allowed to not be self-made. There we are. We are allowed to not be self-made, and we are allowed to not be self-reliant. We don't have to be self-made. We don't have to be self-reliant. It's good to do maybe as much as we can, but trust also that God is with you. Trust that God is with all of us. We don't have to do this alone. Trust the people around you. Trust the ones who love you. Asking for help, admitting that you need help, those could be very scary things to do. They can feel like they ought to be shameful, but they shouldn't be. We should never be ashamed to ask for help from someone in our life or from God. To admit that we aren't perfect, that we don't have all the strength or talent we need, to admit that we aren't self-sufficient, that can be a tough admission. But it's true that we are none of us perfect. There is no self-made man or woman. And think of all those great musicians, the people that we do celebrate as being at the top of their field, the great people, the wonderful you know, thinking like Itzhak Perlman, who's been an incredible violinist professional for, I don't know, what, 50, 60 years. He still takes violin lessons. He has a teacher. He doesn't do it alone. All the great business leaders, actors, writers, ministers, doctors, whatever the profession is, all these people that are at the top of their field, most of them are taking advantage of personal coaches, mentors, trainers, classes, seminars, their friends and their colleagues, they're not doing it alone. It might look like it but they're not. We can't do it alone. No man or woman is an island, we are all part of a flock, whether that flock is our family, our set of co-workers, our peers, our community, organization, our circle of friends, uh, and we in the church we who are the church we are part of this amazing flock that belongs to Jesus both here at Plymouth the worldwide church and all of humanity for we are all God's people all part of the flock we're not alone Jesus is our shepherd we have a flock around us now in the last few weeks I've been giving some assignments uh, at the end of my sermon time, some things for you to do during the weeks. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, I gave you a prayer to help overcome self-doubt, a little prayer that you can say when you find those moments of self-doubt. Last week, I asked you to pay attention. We were talking about that, wanting to run away from our problems or not face them, ignore them, pretend they're not there. I asked you to pay attention to those moments during the week when you were in situations where you felt like, running away or ignoring or pretending and, and in those moments be aware of what's going on and ask yourself why why do I feel that and say a prayer saying God I know that you're with me help me to get through this now, I don't know if you all did that this week but did that did anyone did you have a chance to ask that question of yourself say a little prayer help you face a difficult decision I did it helped me I hope some of you did. If not, I challenge you, continue to do that. That can just help to be aware of when we're doing that and to know that Jesus is there to help us through those times, Jesus as our shepherd. And this week, your assignment, this is going to be, a, a I don't know, maybe in some ways an easier assignment than introspection uh, and prayer. But I want you to this week to remember that you're part of a flock. Certainly part of a flock here at Plymouth, but you have other flocks that have been built around you. I want you to remember that you're part of a flock, and I want you to connect with your flock, or at least part of your flock, in some way to remind you that you aren't alone. And I thought maybe the easiest way to do this is to simply think of a friend that maybe you haven't seen in a while. Someone who was in your flock of friends. Invite that friend to lunch or to a coffee or over to your house for conversation or to go do some kind of activity. I want you to invite a friend or a couple of friends that you haven't haven't seen in a few weeks or even longer. Invite them out just to spend time together. Invite them just to have some conversation and fellowship and reconnect with one another. Or if it's a friend who's far away, just spend time on the phone with them. Have a conversation. All I want for you to be is is to be intentional about connecting with your flock. To remember that you aren't alone. You have people in your life who love you. And to keep those relationships going Invite a friend to do something this week. Don't wait for a couple of weeks, do it do it this week. And you can say when you're inviting, I don't have any agenda for you other than just to reconnect and spend time with your friends, but you can say, if you want, when you're inviting them, say, my pastor said, he wants us to connect with our flock and you are part of my flock. And so I'm inviting you to this. I want to spend some time with you to remember that we are connected, we are part of a flock. And that conversation may, that may lead to some other conversation, it may not. So you can put your invitation that way if you want. But I hope that if nothing else, if nothing else, connecting with your flock will remind you that you're not alone, that you have helpers, that you have supporters, You have people in your life that are willing to help and to be with you, who love you, who want the best for you, that you don't have to go it alone. That when you feel that roadblock of thinking that you need to be self-reliant or that you can't ask for help, that you can ask for help. You don't have to be self-reliant. You are part of a flock of people that God has put together for you with Jesus as the shepherd. The good shepherd who loves you, who watches over you, who is with you and who has called you and all of us into this great flock of his people of mutual support and love. And what a gift, what a wonderful and blessed gift that is. And I hope you will take time this week to remember that to remember what a wonderful and incredible gift it is that God has called us into God's flock and into whatever other flocks of people we have in our lives. And may God be blessed through those reconnections, and may you be blessed through those reconnections. Amen. And that is the good news for this day and for all days. Thank you again for listening to the Sermons and Sounds of Plymouth podcast. If you are in the Eau Claire area, we especially invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And I invite you also to check out our website at pcucc.com for upcoming events and special worship services. From Plymouth United Church of Christ, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, this is Pastor David. Thank you for spending this time with us. May God bless you.